of the theme of ending ending the old year um, though really it's just a time flows on karma flows on but we do have the possibility of of um, your own minds checking reviewing um, realigning mm. so one of the great blessings of being born as a human being is one has the ability to to check one's karma which other beings don't <coughs> have if you're a dog or a cat you're more or less stuck with it you can't really decide to go vegetarian or love mice <laughs> give up bones or anything like that you just <laughs> You just got to do it. <laughs> Whereas we we do have the possibility to uh, to realign ourselves. You know, so this is perhaps the uh, one of the most significant blessings of being a human being. Well, it's possibly to change karma. If karma is not a predestined thing, you can always put forth the efforts to to uh, turn it around. Mm. <coughs> and of course when one puts forth efforts in one's own attitude one's own uh, behaviour one's own alignment you know, with what I consider significant or valuable important you know, where I realign myself then that's going to affect the way I act um, the context that I seek out what I'm, what I'm with and, and in fact you begin to change your whole the whole world can change around you so, for example, myself, this year's been quite, quite all right, really. Some very pleasant and beautiful experiences. Uh, as a, in terms of being able to breathe in and out, and enjoy that. So, having aligned myself to making something out of breathing in and out, this is a pretty smart move, I reckon. <laughs> because I've always been able to succeed in breathing in and out <laughs> no matter what the economy is doing or anybody else is doing <laughs> so I'm really grateful I made that, that choice you know, sometimes it's not great when you've got a cold but, but it, 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 um, you still get one in going whereas if one you know, has be, you know uh, establish one's uh, faith or confidence in in the economy or the um, you know, state of the world, it's been a pretty challenging kind of year. Uh, and I guess it always will be. So it's a how, of course, in a way, one you know, all of us we're all in this world. Breathing it doesn't stop you from getting, you know, uh, the effects of of things, climate change and uh, loss of loved ones and people dying and sickness and hearing of tragedy <coughs> is still affected by all this but it's like being able to be with something rather than be in it you know you can actually bear with because you're not you don't feel so much in it and there's quite a difference between being in something and being with something you know and it's, it's, it's only a little word change in terms of the language but it's quite a big big step in terms of the mind being with something to be able to relate to it, respond to it, you know, hold it, contemplate it, you know, put blessing into it, uh, forgive it, 
care for it, let it go. You know, being in it is a, is the sense of struggling in a torrent in the rapids of of experience. You're just kind of thrown around, hoping it waiting for it to calm down or go into a nice place, which it does from time to time. It's true. So to to realign oneself to be able to be with one's experience rather than in it, you know, is this kind of little seemingly micro step in terms of language, but huge step in terms of the heart. Um, and this is really this step is you know, like the basis of of Buddhist practice. In the, the goal, if you like, of Buddhist practice, both the initial step and the, and the final step, and every step along the way is rather like that. Sometimes we kind of imagine, well, you know, it's about being away from all this stuff. Well, it's kind of like that, but not quite. So sometimes we go into this sense of really getting away from it all. Maybe, you know, one can kind of incline that way. I certainly can incline that way. Yeah. Is that it? Is that it? You know, really getting away. You got to sort of be calm, getting physically away from it. Then um, you're not hearing it, not listening to it. Uh, you know, not getting the sense impact, sense impingement. Maybe you know that certainly one can do that and realise, yeah, there's certain advantages in that. But then, of course, the problem is that one hasn't really um, learned to handle stuff. So I like somebody was saying, you know. If you get a country that's too clean, you don't develop an immune system. You haven't actually handled the, the poison or the contamination, so your system gets extremely sensitive to it. So you, one can find this, you know, if one on meditation treats or if one kind of focuses in that way and just goes a little bit perhaps into the getting away from it all um, attitude, which I can certainly sympathise with, and many times I've dearly wished that, that would happen to get away from it all but it doesn't really happen it gets away from quite a bit but one, the, stain, the basic underlying sense of, of, of dread or anxiety or, or, or fragility remains you know, which then when we, when we finally can't get away from it whatever it is it's you know, telephone calls or pains in the body or responsibilities or you know, sad news or whatever we can find ourselves um, a bit sort of shattered by it all. Now, I mean, this is, <coughs> if we take that as a stand, there's certainly there's a lot to be said for being able to, to put stuff to one side to get away just in order to build up some strength, you know, so you can go to the opposite extreme, thinking, well, you know, just going all into it, you'll learn all about it. And going into the the worry or the the, the, the the involvement and go to the other extreme seeing this way you'll really be able to handle it all you know so I call this the tar baby effect <laughs> you know you slap one hand on it and it gets stuck you know well all you need to do is push my other hand on it and push it oh the other hand's got stuck so I'll give it a quick boot and my foot oh, foot's got stuck and then the other foot's got stuck and then my head's got stuck you think, you know, I'm really involved with this I'm really getting to terms with my life <laughs> you know, one can end up just kind of completely glued and and uh, imprisoned, and so that eventually <coughs> one doesn't have the perspective to be able to to to, to reflect on 
what one can do, what one can't do. You know, what's the difference? Um, you know, uh, what skillful means? What things just sort themselves out? What things are just like that and you learn to bear with it? Uh, what things can be, uh, one can find one's, one's ability to be with by relinquishing one's expectations? Uh, some things one bears with just by being patient. Some things one is with by eliminating the um, harmful thoughts and attitudes we may have the malice or the spite some of it um, you develop through through really seeing into that experience as uh, you know as essentially mobile fluid changing impermanent inconstant uh, essentially um, you know the, the where where contact really arises for us in terms of our um, emotional and perceptual stuff you know, the moods of the mind is where we suffer now actually that those perceptions, those attitudes those I can't, I don't I shouldn't, I won't, what can I do help, no, no, all that stuff you know, however it voices or manifests itself in the vibration of the heart is really it's, 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 it's considered it's empty in that it doesn't actually belong to anybody you're not that um, and it really is like um it's a sound, it's a, it's a vibration, it's a tone. You hear it the wrong way, a whole world arises with it. You hear it the wrong way, a whole world arises with it of tonalities. And you can find it's, this tonality has got a, a, a magnetic force to it. So you, you can feel yourself sort of physically cramped, feel your guts kind of wrung out by irritation or despair you feel your solar plexus not up with anxiety or tension your throat clamped down you know your jaw go rigid your eyes pop out but it's not just the kind of little fantasy in your head you can really feel it clutching your body this stuff because <laughs> one is actually you know it's got that power to do that it, it's really magical stuff you hear it in a particular way it could just really grab your whole body and twist you up into a knot hmm? And then if you hear it in another way, it's just like like the wind in the willows. Eh? Sound, feeling, energy moving, shifting. You know, and, and you don't and it, you don't get knotted. <coughs> so it's and of course this hearing things in the right way is exactly the sense of finding finding the refuge place, which is not exactly about withdrawing from everything, nor is it exactly about you know, contacting and getting involved with everything. You know, it's somewhere in in between that. It's called the middle middle way, where one is with but not in, you know, empathising but not 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 uh, identifying, recognising these things occur but not making it into a substance. Um, bringing one's 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 heart to bear and yet not being not creating kinds of strategies or attitudes about it it's a kind of open state the state of, of emptying and if we meet our experience there I think this is one of the things that, that really matures a person is to be able to meet one's suffering in this place and it begins to then the, the effect of it is it, it wipes away the, the delusions the fantasies the naivety the arrogance, the impatience, <coughs> the self-centeredness <coughs> that we can get into if we were not completely opened. You know, we've had to kind of clutch and hold on to my little bit of me, mine. Um, 
you know, then you know, feel that if I get it hard enough and tight enough and enough fences round it, I won't suffer anymore. And yet, uh, this is uh, a gross underestimation of human potential. We have the possibility to come from suffering to grace, if you like. <coughs> and it's being able to meet that suffering or meet the painfulness or the inconstancy or the unfairness or the unfinishedness you know, be with that but not be in it this is a human possibility because you know with that then, then what arises you know, what ar- is it like the Dhamma that arises or the truthfulness that arises the true human beauty that arises it can, it can be the compassion instead of the sense of sorrow and anguish it can be the quality of firmness rather than kind of blaming or going rigid it can be courage, nobility so it can really unfold a person <coughs> into, the, into the brilliance of their potential so I think one of the things we <coughs> can consider is how to be how to meet that, how to meet the, the suffering that comes to us. And this is, of course, quite a very radical way to, to consider. It's, you know, it's, a very, like it's a Buddhist sense, but it's not purely Buddhist. So a Christian sense, really can relate to those words. I think it's Dostoevsky, you know, he's a sort of Christian, and he was sober. <laughs> He said, uh, the one thing I dread is not being worthy of my suffering. And, uh, grand, grand, grand statement. Mm-hmm. One thing I dread is not being worthy of my own suffering. And there's a lot in there, actually. You know. To be able to meet that and let it uh, transform. And this is actually one of the main themes of many of Dostoevsky's novels. It runs through that the theme of, of, you know, people were being dealt enormous, you know, dollops of suffering and it and and this redemption experience coming out of it, a transformation coming out of that. One of his main themes, crime and punishment and so on. So this <coughs> is certainly you know, it's not a piece of dogma, it's actually a, a human experience. I don't think Dostoevsky ever knew much about Buddhism or heard of the Buddha or certainly hadn't taken refuge but it is, it is very much a, an experience that human beings can, can have and it's something that the Buddha uh, uh, amongst others focused on and this particular experience it can transform us from being isolated me minds wanting to get my bit make sure my little bit is okay for me you know, and, uh, and so on into, into something much grander uh, tr- truly um, grand, noble um, not by trying to put it on saying you know, okay tomorrow, tomorrow I'll be noble uh, you know there's some sort of thing that we adopt from a self point, self view like, oh I fancy being noble, that'd be nice I'd like to be compassionate, noble yeah that sounds great, sounds really cool um, <laughs> 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 it's something that we can't Effect from that particular position, 
you know, because you do that, you tend to come, become pious or righteous or sort of up in yourself, you know, mm-hmm. doing your bit, noble bit, or, uh, and it, it's got this kind of pious reek to it, um, which we we detect as being inauthentic. Uh, but it comes really from a place that it begins to happen. It's really, I call it the arising of Dhamma. It rises up uh, when we are when we, we are um, through the, the suffering or the, the, the uh, stressing or the uh, way in which our my personality system is actually put to the test with things that I don't want with things that I don't like with things that upset me with things that don't go the way I want them to be and da 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 you know the list <laughs> you know and if I you know take that and instead of kind of just vibrating around it and creating even more why it shouldn't be this way and what I really want and need and da 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 you know then uh, I can make that that thing into a pretty pretty solid world system and I can spin out in that probably I would imagine for lifetimes and the Buddha said as long as you haven't done this you do spin out for lifetimes he said we have been doing this you and I for thousands of of eons trudging around this wheel of, of suffering because we haven't actually grasped it so this is why he taught the Four Noble Truths really highlighting it you know, really highlighting that so that in, in the core of the Buddhist practice the core of the Buddhist teaching is not how to be a nice guy or how to be a, you know properly um, mature sensible noble but how to actually understand suffering and then from that the Buddha's own experience and faith was if you do this then the rest of it kind of happens and it, can't, it happens much more genuinely because you haven't done it from some kind of what I should be place or, or what people would like place but actually it just happens naturally you find the Dhamma arises and there's a transformation effect this is certainly you know worth investigating because if one's going to suffer one might as well do it I make the best out of it, I reckon. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> it doesn't have to be huge amounts either. It doesn't have to be real anguish and terror. It can just be the kind of fed up um, stuff. It can be just the, all the, the harumphing and the fed up and the irritability and the this doesn't quite fit. It doesn't have to be. It can be little little bits of suffering. It doesn't have to be that you know epic or or you could really show your friends you know and, and get some sympathy for him just become a little piddly ratty kind of snotty suffering so it's room for everybody you know in the kind of people who suffer over petty little things and people who have massive great horrible tragedies we can all get on board so you're not you don't given any greater status for suffering in a more epic and you know truly panoramic way <laughs> He's just on exactly the same level as people who suffer because they, they, their handkerchiefs folded the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is really nice, actually. <laughs> you know, after I, because people sometimes like to, to sort of present their suffering as a trophy. You know, like, look what I got. You know. <laughs> But really, things that only real suffer, suffering I get is over things like, you know, um, quite small things really, seemingly. You know, people being unhappy uh, makes me suffer. 
um, <clears throat> not feeling good enough. Uh, I don't so nobody's kind of driving spikes through me, or I've been betrayed, or traumatized, or violated, or anything really ghastly. You know. But still, I can I can still suffer and um, and do my bit. Because actually what we're dealing with is not some external presentation of it, but just that, that internalized vibration, which occurs when one's in anything. And that's, that's, the, that's the completeness of that particular teaching. Even when, if you get into happiness, you still suffer. Because, because you suffer because you want to make it last longer, or you want somebody else to have it. I'm having a good time. I'd like you to feel good, because I feel good. So you can then you can suffer like that, or feeling you know this is really nice. It'd be nice if we could last longer, or if I could remember it, or somehow you know come back to it again. But it's it, it, so one can anything that you're in, uh, identified with, or we call it attached to, that brings around the same result. Even if you're into avoiding suffering, you suffer. Uh, and so this is uh, kind of a bit more subtle, but some things certainly one does as a farmers of doing as a as a, rec- as a as a mendicant or as a <coughs> renunciant, you know, trying to get away from all this uh, tacky stuff. And then that that can bring one into suffering because then one gets into being away. Trying to find that particular place. Uh, though everybody does suffer, and many people, you know, most people don't want to do it and get some ideas about it, the suffering by itself is not quite enough. Um, and one does, so, this is what the refuge is about. Really. And and in the Buddha's teaching is, is ways of making that refuge far more than just a, a vocation or an idea, although certainly vocation and idea is part of it. You know, the lifting up of one's faith, the lifting up of one's courage, the lifting up of one's willingness to be able to actually, you know, not think there's something wrong with me because I'm having some stress or suffering. So no, no, fine, it means you're, you're on board with being human. You know, you'll be getting down to the real... You know the, the the core fabric of it. This is this is this is the transformation place. So it's useful to have that uh, at least as a as an idea, you know, rather than you know I don't fit here or people you know these kind of things. <coughs> but then of course the you know we we back that up with the more kind of. Um, subtle engineering of it which is making it so that one's awareness and attention has the strength and the capacity not just the strength but the flexibility the ability to yield to be firm and yet, yet yielding you know, maybe it seems like a, like a paradox but it's the ability to, to, to maintain one's, one's position and yet expand one's space if you like and so you're both staying in one place but in a way your flexibility is just to get bigger and bigger and more open on that particular in that particular place. 
and this is of course we're talking about the heart place and this is something that first of all one finds very difficult to do you know it's rather like you know my mind beginning of practice you put it one place but a suffering comes along it just jumps away it's rather like putting your finger in hot water it just jumps out how did it do that you know it jumps right out again so it takes takes quite a while <coughs> for, to be able to actually handle one's attention to say you stay there you know stay, just stay there with that I don't want to stay with it no, you know. even when it's not really much suffering like just w- breathing in and out and staying with that which isn't isn't is quite nice really but doesn't, attention doesn't want to do that even think, well, I've had two seconds of this what about something else for a change you know <laughs> <laughs> so off to somewhere else and just, <laughs> so it takes quite a while you know, ability to, 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 to calm or stabilise not to necessarily just dumb out but really to hold you have to build that up you know, build up that, that quality uh, not to make it a thing in itself although it, as a thing in itself it's, it's rather like having a healthy body it's quite it's nice it's enjoyable it feels good but um, one doesn't, doesn't want to get Sidetracked into the into the, the enjoyable the enjoyable feeling of a steady mind, but really to now it's work. It's, it's uh, the Buddha's expression was it's fit for work. You know, it's like you you have a creature that you've well fed and groomed, and now it's fit to do some work. You don't just kind of look at it or fondle it, make it fit for work. So to be able to stabilize one's uh, attention, and certainly this is one of the things that you know meditation practices are about. Stable, you know, holding one's attention steady. The steadiness doesn't mean rigidity, or to make that um, you know something that you <coughs> that we <coughs> are seeking its own right, but the ability to be stable with something. And then that what, what's more subtler than that is that the, the attention can stay on one place and yet shift. And what it does, instead of shifting its position, it shifts its focus. We can get larger, if you like. Put it that way. Yeah. Just like, you know, you can have your eyes steady and you can look at a little detail. Or this, without really shifting your eyes, you can, you can actually bring your focus back so the object blurs or you can intensify it or you can widen your focus you're keeping the eye organ in the same place you, know, you can do that with your eye you can do that with your mind you can put your mind onto an object you can hold it with a very firm intention you can then relax it make the mind more open and spacious and you, you, something you, can, ex- you can exercise attention what attention what we normally do is not realise that ability for attention to flex attention just gets grabbed you know, you see something you're stuck on it you hear something, you're stuck on it so your attention is, is kind of very stiff it just gets onto something and holds it, or is held by it rather like you know, a rabbit in the headlights experience and so particularly you get a lot of it just banging away at you all the time, you're like a kind of you become like a a rabbit in the, in the headlights, just kind of sound, sight, everything just bang, 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 um, going away. 
we get we, we don't recognise the ability for awareness for attention to soften or flex. It ha- it does. You, you can notice it. Like even a, say you're um, you know in a crowd of people talking, and you want to hear one person, you can you can notice how you, your attention, without moving your body, your attention can focus right in on that person, and you know screen out the others. Your attention can do that. When you as you cultivate meditation, the ability for your attention to notice the spaces between your thoughts the space at the ending of a breath and the begin, uh, the space between one breath and the next the ability for one's attention to to be soft or hard like imagine for example when you're trying to remember something and you think what is that person's name what is, what is her name I should know her name what is her name and your attention gets really tight and hard and hard. You get really hard and oh, I don't know. And you can feel it relaxed. Oh, it's Sally. You know, suddenly it comes. You do that. You know, you, you see what happens. Actually, your, att- your mental attention can either tighten right up, or it can just open right up. And we, we do this to a certain degree. But in meditation, you're really learning how to do that, or you can and learn how to do that from focusing on very fine points in the body to the whole body, to rhythms in the body to subtle energies in the body to the, the space around the body um, to the tonal qualities of the body whether it feels tight or loose or bright or dull you, know, you, you, can, you can make your attention something that, that flows and flexes around you know, in a bodily sense and then <coughs> so this can be done with deliberate in- intention, which is one of the another thing that we call mind, you know, mental factor. You can deliberately incline in a certain way. And similarly, with the heart, you know, one can one can have the feelings or the moods or the emotions or thoughts they could be happening, and your your attention is just going, just just do- being doormatted by it all. Just Blom 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 stuff. It's just walking over me, running over me, jumping over me, kicking me around. And just lying there. Oh, go, go. <laughs> and you know, when you meditate, you make a kind of feeble attempt to notice it. Right? Oh, no thought, angry, upset. There's not really. That's, that's not bad. It's not really good enough. You know, being just you know, lying, being doormatted by something, and noticing the patter of feet running over you. <laughs> so, but <coughs> you can. You know, like do things with your intention, like deliberately welcome a mood, which is a very interesting thing. Oh, please, oh, more of this. Let's have some more of this, please. Oh, lovely. Oh, I'd like to hear a lot more of that. Could you speak up, please? And so that is quite can be quite a dramatic thing to do with with your with your mind when it's when it's going off a bit, rather than oh, shh, 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 stop it, you'll be all right tomorrow. You're okay. No, don't worry about that. Oh, please, please, could you tell me some more? Can I, you know, crank it up a bit, would you? And it's sometimes it's doing that, and the mind goes, "Hey, hey, you're supposed to be upsetting you," <laughs> <laughs> and it, it doesn't know what to do. Um, well, um, oh, oh. <laughs> it can, or you can find when you do that, 
this is what I call the arising of Dhamma can arise out of this flexing of attention out of our, our, our habitual modes where we tend to go defend or hold on you know, so we come out of habit, habitual modes which are all about me and that into Dhamma modes which is well this is a feeling feel it will you As the Buddha said, feel the feeling in the feeling. Don't try and pretty it up. You know, just feel it. And and so when we, so this is why I call the the like dhamma rising up to meet something and find actually, oh well, just like that. You know, it can be just like that. Not just with what worries like or you know <coughs> these things happening coming up. And uh, there's a sense of cleanness about it because it just is what it is. You see, this is the way that people actually are. This is the way the heart is. It goes into this. And just feel it out, be with that, be with it but not in it, and let it have its say. It, can, it, can, it clears out. But it, even before it's clear, clearing out, you get a sense of something in you becomes more wise and holy. Wise and sacred, not not righteous, but really sacred. The power to the quality that, that to to hold that which is hurt, painful, you know, afflictive. Very often, you know that that itself is a blessing. But in the in the dec- when things actually have that do have their say, we often they reveal themselves to us. We find that you know the anger was really just suffering my suffering expressing itself and the worry was just suffering expressing itself and the greed was just suffering expressing itself and the <laughs> regret was just suffering <coughs> expressing itself and that's all, that, that's all it was it just takes different forms and when you see it's just that instead of the righteous or the guilty or the shameful it's just the compassionate it's really all these things that demand in us are just suffering trying to find a way where somebody will be able to handle it and, and let it be liberated. And this in a way is our is our you could say our duty, our possibility, our potential. Turn it around, turning turning things around. Mm. And we can do this our in, uh, that attention and our intention. Mm. Sometimes it's the case when really, you know, the practice only um, takes you to a deeper level. You really just don't know what to do. <coughs> you know, one can have read, studied, and approved of, and been inspired by <coughs> teachings of many religions and schools and lineages, and yet what really counts is what happens when you don't know what to do. And you just have to meet the the don't know and the sense of impotence, sense of helplessness. And you know this this in a way takes us past various things we know or think or conceive to really to that edge where we have to meet um, the suffering or the stress or the unresolved, you know, small or large aspects.
to get intention uh, attention to to be firm but then if if it's it has to be yielding as well if it's firm without yielding it's not right it's just become uh, becomes rigid becomes I can I can stand this you know It comes like that, you know. I can, like rock, I can stand this, I can stand this, I can stand this, which is better than I can't stand it, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> As an immediate response, anyway. <laughs> immediate response to it all is I can't stand any of it. It's not. But to at least be able to stand it, but then that, that itself is not adequate. You know, to be able to stand it and yet yield. Yield, the um, instant, which is a sense of being willing to receive rather than uh, resist experience uh, because it's in that in that mixture uh, not leaving the place not leaving the, the, the territory but, but staying there and opening up that uh, the big, the changes occur the opening up is actually um, attention does it by itself one can intend one can try to do that and one can train oneself to do it around particular objects like you know Changing the focus of the eyes, changing the focus of the mind. You know, so you're like telling attention, "Hey, you can do this." You know, flexing it up. Really, the liberation is when attention does it by itself, because then it's it's not something. It's very it's a spontaneous, self-liberating um, quality, which doesn't give rise to the sense of here I am doing it. You know, so it goes at a deeper level than that. So, truly. You know, uh, awareness is self-liberating uh, when when it's in the right in the right place. And a lot of meditation exercises are just there to help us gain confidence in our you know ability to to both firm up, to have that strength, um, to see the pitfalls of strength, you know, the arrogance that can come with strength or the pride with it, and then also with the strength, the beauty of the yielding and we can do this and one does not negate the other mm. and where they, where they both occur where they both occur spontaneously as the true response to, to, to suffering and then there's a sense of self uh, awareness liberates itself it's not liberated by itself it's in itself it is a liberating experience Full awareness is already a liberating experience. Not because things aren't happening, but because that that really is the potential for awareness. Awareness is a self-liberating thing. It does it. But so often, it's rather like, you know, it's like a hand that's been cramped up so long, it doesn't realise it can it can flex and open. You know, so you one always thinks it's a fist. They're used to kind of punching things with it, poking things with it, and shoving things at one dis- uh, distance. But to, to recognise it can actually do that, you know, part of that deliberate training in meditation, to do that, to, to just to know you can do that, and then so that eventually it begins to do it by itself. Mm. And then there's that quality mm. of something that's innate, effortless, uh, selfless, empty of self and spontaneous it is very beautiful and and also incredibly ordinary you know you think, well why, why are we doing this all the time you know 
you wonder why we, we somehow condition ourselves into being so crippled. Um, <laughs> or we don't do it deliberately, but you know what I mean? The, the kind of humans get, you get so limited in our potential. We spend all our time trying to defend that fist and put a glove on it, you know, knuckle dusters or whatever. Um, the thing can open up. <coughs> Certainly, in terms of developing one's intentionality, this is actually just uh, uh, an area that's as as as, uh, as can be as limited as our as our attention. Intentionality, uh, you know, is a sense of trust and love. Yeah. So one of our practices when we take refuge is to is to hold ourselves or to sense ourselves in a loving space. So sometimes, you know, as a deliberate practice, sometimes I just imagine that. If you're sitting here, just imagine that there's a I'm surrounded by, by something or by people or by things. Sometimes you can't imagine people loving you, so cats or dogs or something, battery guards or tortoises, you know. Looking at you with loving gaze. <laughs> Some of it's just too unbelievable to imagine humans could do it. <laughs> or you know, you can, you, you can use uh, deities, uh, Buddhas, uh, Taras, if you like, more the uh, female forms of it. You know, but really, it's just essentially just to create that sphere whereby you know one can sense, be sense oneself in that particular way. Um, and it, it sounds incredibly contrived till you, when you, you recognise well well, how do you normally sense yourself then? <laughs> well how do you normally sense yourself? and it, 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 when we've never checked in on that you know we can sense ourselves in a way of Kind of mistrust, some fear, some you know, these kinds of things. <coughs> because of conditioning, really, because of, of um, you know what what happens in the in the world around us. So but essentially, you know, when you when you're sitting on your own or whatever, then in one way all that's all that's ever happened is past. You know, it's just really the the, the, the residues in one's nervous system that actually become formulated to be hey I need to be defended I need to be you know I'm not alright here these kinds of things that you, you only begin to sense when you, you look at that or examine that experience how, how am I in myself and that you can feel the tonality of that you know? so like you're contemplating the, the tonality of it and then is it possible just to practice making that tonality something that's just free from Free from complaint, free from stress, free from <coughs> um, you know, just like in a, in a, uh, something that, that's supportive. And why not? You know, there's a lot worse things one could do one's time. <laughs> and so why not? And I just you know deliberately cultivate it. Uh, and certainly, I find that, you know this is no not just something small thing.
have as much mistrust as anybody else, I imagine. Or average, you know. Not just what life does, but the feeling of inadequacy or whatever. You're just carrying this this sour stuff around. It's sitting in a bathtub of these this kind of scummy old residues. Why not clean it out? Put some fresh things in it. Sit in that. Yeah. And then what happens when I when I do that? You know, so many uh, of what I, what I feel to be you know compulsive problems just they're not occurring. They're triggered off by the way I hold myself, or the way I feel, sense myself. The basic tonality of slightly out, you know, not right, twisted. Stupid, gross, clumsy, whatever—that you know—things that perhaps not even haven't got words to them, just a general sense of it's n- you're not all right here. And then from that, the kind of mind is always fretting, looking around, do something, sort something, remember something, restless. And then a fi- feeling, well, I better make something work. I suppose do something positive in my life. You get, you know, feeling you've got to pay off a debt be worthy of something or the other and all that comes up but when one holds oneself or in, in, a, in a loving space then one isn't actually you know, using the time to keep trying to make oneself feel okay so it's actually the, sh- the short way of doing it it may seem selfish but you can recognise that a lot of the things that we do are really aimed at trying to feel useful or worthy or helpful or liked or as good as the next person or positive or whatever you know <coughs> so, you know, <coughs> so even work that seems to be about doing things for other people could be really coming from a place of I need to do something to feel okay about myself you know it's, it's biased but when the, when, when there's freedom from that then there's a possibility to act in accordance with Dhamma in an unbiased way. So intention and attention, you know, exercising them, exercising them in seemingly you know, quite subtle ways, just on the, the, the how one meets one's heart, uh, the general tonality of being, how we res- how we handle the mental or the physical stuff that comes up. See that being attentive and mindful in this way is practice enough <coughs> and then from this can come uh, things that seem more apparent in the external world the ability to to forgive to to serve uh, to uh, be unflustered uh, to be truly grand hearted these are not <coughs> just these lovely things <coughs> do require a, a resource and, a, and a, a refuge place for them to be engendered. We just can't do it without cultivating the, 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 the ground of it. I think one of the, uh, for me, one of the um, you know, inspiring m- moments of, of the year was one of this. Um, <coughs> Somebody obviously managed to meet their own suffering in, in, a, in, a, in a good way. There's a woman whose uh, husband got killed in the World Trade Towers and uh, 
she was saying you know, how the last thing she'd ever want was for any kind of active recrimination to take place, any kind of vengefulness. And she said, when you, when you lose someone, all you really want is this doesn't happen to somebody else. Rather than get even with those swines. I thought that was, you know, she's managed to meet something uh, and make herself truly dignified and noble. <coughs> so of this view of reflection. <coughs> 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 <coughs>